love the smell of napalm in the morning. Smell! You know that gasoline smell? It smells like... Victory. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition my condition was in. I woke up this morning with the sun down, shining in him. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the f***ing money, head? Oh, it's, uh, oh, oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then... 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. I tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind on a jagged sky. Okay, you know, you guys aren't privy to all the new so, uh, you know, that's what you, uh, that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? I lost you $60,000. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I do. There's just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. What the f*** are you talking about? Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I woke up this morning with the sun down, shining in him. Well, we're back Stacks and Jacks. I'm going to burn on the board. Dreary day here in Chicago. At least we're not getting the same storm we're going on the rest of the country, at least not so far. Yeah. S&P futures up a dollar seventy-five. The NSA futures down a buck. So, flat before the Fed. Yesterday was a interesting day. We came out with a light, lighter than expected inflation numbers. And uh, S&P shot up 132, 135. At one point during the day, they were only up one. And it finished up like 29. So, even though it was a... Up day, it sure felt like down. It's kind of weird. We have Mr. Kevin. We do indeed. Kevin, how are you? Good morning. I'm doing fine. I'm t- doing so well that Robert Duvall would say that I too smell like victory. Oh <laughs> God! What uh, you guys? Are you guys raining over there? Um, eh, when I took the dog out earlier, it wasn't. Yeah, it's uh, it's coming but, your but way. It was dark. <laughs> yeah, it's here all night. Uh, it was here all night. It's actually letting up a little this morning, but. I guess we got the easy end. It's over 32, and it's rain, and uh, we're not five feet like the Sierra Nevada is, so I guess that's a good thing. That That is a good thing. So California's going to sure get... I don't want to shovel it, so... California's going to get like three inches of snow, and or three inches of rain in all the areas, some of which they had fire, so uh, uh, interesting, to say the least. Mm. So uh, I guess... So tell me this about the inflation numbers. Mm. Um, and, and I think you know what my question is going to be is, um, isn't there some point where the uh, year over year and even the month over month were bound to uh, start looking better because it was so bad at this time last year that when you're doing the comparison, um, the, uh, the denominator is so big that it's going to reduce the rate? Yes. Without a doubt. Um, and so, so what's it really telling us? Uh, you know, I know the month over month was a little lower than expected as well, um, but I, we, you know, we to an extent we we have the same phenomenon, uh, phenomenon or the phenomenon for that. Well, I mean, it's it actually is is playing out. Not that I'm a a soothsayer, but it's uh, well, actually, I guess to a certain extent, I am a soothsayer. I just I just read the money supply and read what's happening, and it's been it's been. Uh, 
let's just say it's been obvious for a while that the inflation, the actual inflation, the rate of change of prices has been dropping. And now what we're left with, if you look at all the numbers and all the history of the last <coughs> two and a half years, you're essentially left with, they didn't count how high it was in the beginning. Probably should have t- topped out at 1.5% a month or more, which would have been an 18% rate for that month. Um, so the uh, that that should have it should have been like that. Well, of course, we never did that. We never ran the housing up when it should have. We never ran the stuff up when it should have. So so now we have essentially the inflation has stopped, like I pretty much predicted six months ago, and I think Jeremy Siegel and a lot of guys on TV have said the same thing. There really isn't any now inflation, but we're left with a price level that's never really been acknowledged, and and most of the population can't handle. So it doesn't surprise me that from right now we're not going to have monthly inflation going forward very much. But we never actually picked up the housing. We never picked up the autos. We never picked up any of the stuff that uh, the mortgage increase, any of the stuff that uh, gas price, I mean, I'm talking about, they actually have, like, piped natural gas down. I challenge anybody who thinks that their bill is cheaper than last year. I mean, we're, we're, we're seeing that the, the, in the inability of this particular study to have dealt with the last two and a half years, and now here we are, and we have a price level that's too high. And, and uh, you know, and some of the stuff that still is competitive. When I say competitive, you're going to see gasoline down. You're going to see some food prices down. You're going to see used car prices down. But all the stuff that's fixed, new car prices, probably people are not paying over list as much as they were. Uh, all that stuff is not coming down. So you're left with a with a price level that just people can't deal with. Nobody, nobody, the the average person cannot deal with the current price, current price of a house with the current mortgage rate, even though it's down to six and a half. So we're left with this sort of mess that the numbers really don't tell, don't explain the story. Is that fair? Yeah. So now, and let's let's throw in a, a couple of other concepts here. One is that there are um, there are some products. Let's just say products, even though you know I don't know if I ever referred to a house as a product, but housing, uh, fuel, um, those those kinds of products will go up and they will go down. There are others that once they go, once they get, you know, once they go up, they're never coming down. Right. Well, your gas bill, your electric bill, hence taxes. Well, yeah, because that's, yeah, whatever's going on there is baked into the utility and the utility is not lowering prices. But I'm, I'm even thinking that there are, there are certain kinds of food that your restaurant prices are not going down, that, you know, when, when we can go through, and it could, you know, we're, we're maybe talking cost of shoes, cost of, you know, clothing, you know, things like that. They are where they are now, and they're not going back down. Um, and, and I think that's actually most products in the economy, but there are a handful of significant ones that will fall because they have, you know, at least we've seen evidence in the past that they will fall when uh, uh, when demand goes down for them when the, you know the amount demanded goes down now um, so that that's that's part of the equation here um, the other part of the equation that we're probably starting to see um, and we've talked about this before there are some businesses that have a market position where they can actually pass on their cost increases to their consumers there are others that are much more competitive and they can't you know, maybe in part, maybe not at all, but that you know they don't have the same ability to pass on their 
increased costs. So now, to the extent that their suppliers' uh, uh, prices are institutionalized and they're not going away, these businesses have been having to cope with uh, a different cost structure, and some of them have fallen by the wayside already. Others of them are still going to fall by the wayside, right? And that's not a good thing either. No, I mean, there's no doubt you want to be in a position where you can you can raise your prices. But then it it also, I mean, if if you look at men's clothing, you know, and I, I still buy some stuff from Mel Bean. Um, you go on there, the, the the list prices are a lot higher than they were two years ago. In, in one man's opinion, I mean, I, don't, I guess I should have saved a two-year-old catalog, but I didn't. But what you'll find there is if if there's a somewhat a reluctance of people to buy at that price, all of a sudden you'll see you know an email that says you know twenty percent off your entire order today or some some crap like that. So everybody has well, you, you will see those, but that's that's standard retailing anyway. Something's right. always on sale. But I'm saying, um, they're, 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 you know, I mean, they'll call it a sale. It it is the you know, it's the teaser to get you to the website or to get you into the store or whatever. So, you I mean just just go through, you know, just go through the uh, the meat department at your store. The price levels are very very high for all kinds of uh, meats. But this week, chicken's on sale. Next week, it's pork chops. Then it's ribeyes. Then it might be uh, um, you know New York strips another time, and then uh, and then you're back to them. And that's just standard retailing. There is always a sale. They'll call it, it, you know, it's what's on sale, but it's really, you know, it's it, that's just how pricing works in that. Well, and also, the thing that I guess helps people is the end date. I mean, you'll, you'll walk into a Myers on a Sunday morning, and you'll see all kinds of pork sausage or something. Its end date is Tuesday, and all of a sudden, that's two for the price of one or something. Right, so it gets gobbled up. Yeah, and, uh, well, I don't know if it does or does. It probably does for people who can just go home yeah, and freeze it. Yeah, it really does. You see it moving. So, uh, so that you know that happens, but yeah, you're, that's why you're gonna you're gonna see, you know, I guess. I mean, I always pick on these guys because they deserve to be. But three years from now, four years from now, you're still gonna see the price of a a CEO, say at Commonwealth Edison, making way more than the price of a CEO in a competitive industry. They're saying, well, we're close. The top thirty people, I mean, they actually think they deserve it because their prices are here and their profits are there, and why give the money out to shareholders after all they're perfect strangers, right? Uh, so I mean, it's I mean, you you see these phenomena, and every time something like this happens, it sort of gets worse or more entrenched. And I don't even know how the hell you break it up, Kevin. I mean, I, if you if you were dropped in the Oval Office and were there for eight years, uh, assuming you won a second time if the enemies you made, uh, I don't know how the hell you'd even do it in eight years. To be honest with you, and it would be a constant I, fight I, all the time. I don't either because. Uh, every, you're right. Everything is going to, you know. Let's just say we had the plan. Let's just say we have the plan that is going to uh, fix everything. How many years would that plan take to implement? This is what you're saying, and 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 that plan, whatever it's going to take, is going to be longer than any administration. And we we tend to kind of lurch back and forth. Um, uh, you know, policy-wise, as it is, every time we have an administration change, so um, so we can't make anything outlast it. There has to be some kind of uh, consensus about what to do if we're ever going to recalibrate our economy to a oh, to I don't know what you want to call it, uh, um, 
high performing a, a real you know a real equilibrium that we can all well you have an awful lot enjoy. of you have an awful lot of companies and even industries that have really opted out of the competitive marketplace oh yeah it, well that's a big part of the problem yeah. right when we say there's a fix part of that fix is breaking that uh, um, that uh, government uh, and market um, connection in most cases uh, so you know that that has to go away and that's not going to go away easily so you know it, it, I, I think everybody is fine with it conceptually just don't do it to me yeah well it's, it's every other you know every other industry is uh, should be competitive except mine because now it's cutthroat competition and I really should get these prime and even I mean, look at this kid uh Kid, Bankman Fried, his name is over at FTX. Yeah, they just arrested. Now, how the hell they arrested him? I don't know. In Bahamas, but they did. Um, but here's a guy. <laughs> it wasn't it was early on. He figured out I better spend an awful lot of money on politicians, right? I mean, he, he picked that up pretty quick. <laughs> you know, I mean, wasn't it? Well, uh, that—that's the stuff that's quasi-legitimate. Now, let's talk about the stuff that. Uh, that uh, the do- the quote donations he made or pro- or may have made uh, just to keep you know a- anybody in authority off his back anybody from the regulatory state. Well, that's I, I know it's not I know it's not really a regulated industry, but um, nevertheless um, there there are uh, um, there are you know the, the you know consumer whatever the uh, consumer agency is that Elizabeth Warren. Well, I mean, it's it's, yeah, but it's, yeah, it's, it's not just her, up. but it's it's the, uh, I mean, how when I mean, the Enron situation was made, I you know, I can't quantify it, but I don't think anybody would think that it it wasn't made worse by Wendy Graham being on the board there when Phil Graham was a big shot in the Senate and blocked essentially any kind of. Uh, oh no, they never discussed any of it. No, no I mean, it's, it's you know, there's no. So it's not like it's uh you know one or other side of the aisle. The idea is you keep these guys off your back, and of course the regulators yesterday. <laughs> I don't know. Do we have every every one of them is uh you know one of the Biden's people, so it doesn't make them bad. But everybody can't wait to get on TV and what they're going to do. Here, the regulators again. First of all, they probably I don't know what they should have done or could have done since the guy was overseas. Even though we did have a U.S. group here in Chicago, actually. Um, but basically, the, the lion's share of it was in the Bahamas. So I don't even know where their jurisdiction might have been. You know, I'm not a lawyer on that part. But simple fact is, whatever it is, they missed the train again. So now the solution is going to be more regulation and more money for them. You know, it's like, <laughs> really? I mean, we, we didn't have, you know, we, we missed the Bernie Madoff thing. We probably should have because it was not an area that was regulated. Then all of a sudden, well, we need more regulation, more people. It's, they come in and, and they wind in front of Congress for more money. Well, I don't know. Yeah, and, and you're right. The solution to that, what's the solution to that, really? It's enforce the rules you already have. If you're going to make, if you don't enforce the rules you already have, what difference do you think making new rules is going to do? Or you could come out and say, hey, <clears throat> this was a hedge fund. You know, the, here's the paperwork that you signed. It says this is not regulated. It's a carve-out of the 33 and 34 Act. Tough. You're just out of luck. You know, your attorneys didn't do a good enough job, neither did you. You said you were a big boy and you didn't want us around, and guess what? We weren't around and you got smoked. Live with it. I mean, that's the other way to deal with it, is, is actually call people out and say this was your decision. Of course, you can't do that, because people will whine, you know, somebody should do something. Yet, I'm not so sure you should, really. Do you? 
Well, I mean, that, that's a good point. In, in fact, I, I remember a, um, this was years ago, but I remember a, um, uh, a guy who uh, sold his bank. It was in the uh, small banking days when we still had small banks in, in Illinois. I guess we still do. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he sold it, and he sold it to uh, an outfit that didn't perform very well. Um, and then he tried to sue to say, um, you know, his, his his investment wasn't what he expected it to be, and the judge basically said, you aren't a babe in the woods. <laughs> it's, it's the diligence is your job. Yeah, well, I mean, to a certain extent, I mean, if there's fraud, or if you get in a, a certified accounting statement and it's, and it's all BS, I, mean, I guess that's a problem for oh, somebody. Oh, yeah, fraud's another issue, but there wasn't fraud. There was just a, a disappointment. Well, yeah, that's that's, you know. You can't sue for being disappointed. Well, let's take a look at the, uh, here's a, um, a list of... Uh, and, and make sure every woman I've ever known knows that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the uh, Well, you know, you get what you get. What can I say? Here's the uh, sort of the list from, uh, this is a CNBC article by... Um, they're taking the year over year, which, you know, it's nice to... Do. Greg Iacursi, there's a name. Um, but you did some good work here. Here's the inflation breakdown from November 2022, uh, year-over-year price changes. Eggs, 49.1. Airfare, 36. Butter and margin, 34. Public transportation, 24. Lettuce, 20. Cereals, 16. Pet food, 16. Utility. Now, these, this is way different than the... Well, he's getting this from the CPI, I guess. Utility gas service, 15.5. Milk, 15. Stationary 14, electricity 14, health insurance 13, poultry 13, and he's got energy 13, food at home 12, uh, household cleaning problems, living room, blah, 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 furniture. Then he's got the, uh, the stuff that's actually down over the year, which is uh, well, smartphones and uh, televisions and uh, computers, car rental, because it was up so high a year ago. Remember how high it was during COVID? Because they sold all their cars. But so... Basically, a lot of this stuff is up, and I, I'm going to say some of this stuff is not coming down. Health insurance is not coming down. Electricity is not going to come down. Gas is not coming down. Public transportation is not coming down. Therefore, I don't know, maybe a little bit, but not very much. Uh, so it's well, and, and and consider the things that are not co- that you just said that are not coming down. Who is disproportionately affected to, uh, by that? That is your lower end of the economic spectrum. Oh, the sure. Farther you, the farther you go down, the less you can afford. Things that are uh, the farther you go down the uh, um, economic spectrum, the less the people can afford the things that are not going to give price breaks later. Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's definitely a. Uh, I mean, it, you, you have institutionalized the harm you've done to the middle class, to the lower classes. Um, you know, it's 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 all it, it's it's just tough luck for them now. So yeah, I mean, it's um, and, and so what are we going to do about it? We're going to say, oh, we have to create more benefits. Now, that'll create a whole new argument uh, about how to provide relief. Um, and, you know, philosophically, I'm opposed to it. But you do get to a point where you have to start saying, well, we, we just can't leave people like this. We, we can't become any more of a two-class society than we already are. Uh, yeah, you know, and, and fortunately, I live in a place where there's, there is a pretty big middle class, which is, which is kind of nice. But there are lots of parts of the country where there just are not. No, and I, uh, I, I think the, um, well, all you have to do is listen to commercials. Now, of course, 
when the commercials are, are, act, are asking you to do something, they have their own agenda. But uh, the Salvation Army this morning, I was listening to her saying how many more people, how the contributions are down due to inflations, inflation, and how many people more they have to deal with this year. You know, we got them. I'm trying to get somebody on before the end of the year from the food depository. I bet they were they were feeding 225,000 people a day five years ago. It's got to be up, Kevin. I mean, it's uh, the strain on the system is is pretty dramatic, and I. And plus, when you, when you drop out, you know, and you end up on the street or someplace, and the, somehow you get involved in the drugs and everything else, you're just not coming back. you you got to find a way to not have people drop out. I think, I don't, I don't know what that is, but whatever it is, we're not doing it. I'm sure it's some combination of of uh, solutions that, that work. Uh, you know, identifying what the issues are and how many people are, uh, you know, you can put back together, for lack of a better term. Some people you can't. Some people just need to be somewhere else. But I mean, this this is a growing issue. I mean, you can't have a, a country where you know, hundred thousand people are living in the street in Chicago, or two hundred thousand. But it seems like that's the way we're heading. <clears throat> and I don't really see any. I was talking to one of my uh, buddies last night. I don't know is everybody. And I mean, I'm like, can you see anybody in the Chicago mayor's list that is a solution to this problem? And uh, you know, I I don't know that anybody is, Kevin. I mean, I really don't. I mean, it's not like I don't know them all, so that's being unfair. There might be somebody in there who's, you know, written all kinds of stuff on this. If he has, I haven't read it. I mean, there might be, you know, somebody in there with a solution or solutions. I don't know. I mean, none of their previous background would lead you to believe they are. Or they have the ability to pull it off, which is just as much of a problem. I mean, I really, I mean... It, you know what? I mean, it, what, what what the city needs is is a Dave Bing. You, know, you remember Dave Bing, right? The, yeah. The great guard for the... Uh, um, Detroit, uh, the Detroit Pistons, for a long time. He he was actually uh, he he played college at Syracuse. The uh, he and and Jim Beheim were the starting guards in those days. But Dave Bing, after his uh, after his, his days playing in the NBA, was a very successful businessman, and he ran a really successful company in Detroit. Um, and uh, uh, so you know he he was good. At the end. Uh, after you know, after he was done running his business, uh, he uh, he became the mayor of Detroit and uh, and worked for one dollar a year. And he, he was just there because you know he loved the city. The city had been great for him. And um, and while while he can't you can't claim that he had a complete turnaround in Detroit or anything like that. He started a lot of initiatives that are coming to fruition today, um, and uh, you know Detroit is—it's it, it, not out of the woods. Um, they have a lot of abandoned property, but they've torn down all of the buildings on there because those buildings are, you know, a problem of their own. The uh, abandoned buildings are, you know, dens of uh, of crime, uh, so they got rid of those, and he started that, and and they're really starting to. Um, you know, starting to stabilize. It's a much smaller city, and and, uh, and so on. But you know, it's uh, you know that's Chicago needs one of those. Somebody who's just there because it's you know my career's over. I have some years left, some productive years left, and I I want to fix this city. I want to start us down a road to uh, uh, to recovery. And yeah, there's nobody in the field that looks like that at all. No, I mean I, because <clears throat> I'm not sure what you just mentioned. Every, every but everything somebody mm-hmm. came up with would be a uh, an issue. I mean, um, you see the 
what you just said, you know, you have to knock these buildings down. Well, yeah, but I mean, when the there was a alderman, you know, it's time I've seen the guy do anything. He was on, uh, maybe it was Danny David, whatever, it was on Roosevelt Road where the King Riots in 68, a lot of them were there. A lot of area got burned out and blah, 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 and they knocked all the buildings down. Kevin, they're still down. I mean, it's, it is so much harder <clears throat> to start from scratch, I think, than even if, maybe money-wise, <coughs> you're better off knocking down one of these old three flats and uh, putting a new one up. But I don't know that... Oh, it, you're, you're best off putting a new one up, but you're still better off knocking it down and having empty space. Well, I mean, it's... You know, but what I'm saying is if the place looks like... I mean, if I go into a neighborhood and I see some, some building going on, uh, me, you know what? I could be totally wrong on this, I mean, uh, in terms of money. Um, if I see a building on the corner that looks like it used to be a restaurant or a bar, I'm more more likely to try and open that up than I am to say, there's an empty lot, let's build a restaurant. I mean, I'd, actually, probably cheaper to do it the, the second one. I'm, I'm saying it's sort of... You see this, that on the, on the on the... Well, let's talk about this after break, because we'll talk about different areas, but different economic times, different areas, so it's they're all not the same, but let's give a little bit of history of these areas that I've kind of watched. SP Futures up 4, NASDAQ Futures up 10. Be right back, Stocks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. 
I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I didn't invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks. Jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here. Right now. Welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Matt Byrne on the board. SP Futures up 250, NASDAQ Futures up 6. So we're muted to the upside again. Yesterday was a very, very strange day. Um, <clears throat> you don't get too many days where the, the Dow spins from uh, up 750 to down to finished up like 200 or something. It was a uh, it's almost like you're these becoming yawners, but they're not yawners. They're really special days. Mm. Uh, Dow futures up 41. Over in Europe, we've got DAX down 64.5%. That's kind of a surprise. FTSE down 18.2%. CAC around down 17.3%. So <clears throat> no real joy in uh, um, Europe, Europe, even though the um, you know the inflation data there and in, in Britain was uh, kind of muted. Mm. Over in Asia, we've got the... The uh, Nikkei up 201, that's 0.7%. got the Hang Seng up 77, 0.4%. Uh, we got Shanghai up 20 cents, so call that one flat. So, the uh, again, a little bit to the positive over there. We got 10 year unchanged at 3.51. The Bund uh, up 8 basis points to 1.99, almost making it back to 2%. So, they're actually going off when we're, we're not. We're going on, on down or even. Uh, Japan, guess what? Closed it, uh, unchanged at 25. Uh, oil up 72 cents, 76.11. Rent up 74 cents, 81.42. Natural gas down 25 cents, 6.68. So didn't didn't make it back to seven bucks. Uh, we've got our Bob down up a penny, 2.17. We've got gold down 7.10, but still 18.18 at a big run yesterday. Silver down eight cents, 23.90. As people are getting bullish on silver, I, I don't know. Every time it uh, runs up this year, it seems like it's a broken dream, but mm. maybe this time's for sure. Uh, copper at 384, unchanged. We've got Bitcoin up 128, 17,882. <clears throat> so almost back to 18,000. We have the US dollar, uh, very muted. Euro dollar, Euro is up 106, the pound 123. They had a move yesterday, but today they're just up a little bit. Matt, what do you got for us, Traffic Weather Sports? Yeah, good morning. Currently 6.36 a.m. on December 14th, 2022. Uh, traffic in Chicago, not much to speak of at the moment, but just keep diligent on the roads this morning because the highways will be a little more slippery than usual due to the rain. Uh, speaking of which, light rain this morning in Chicago. Right now, 37 degrees, a high of 45 degrees in the afternoon today. Expect rain to continue throughout the day and into tonight. In Phoenix, 36 degrees, clear skies. Expect a high of 55 degrees today. Yesterday in the NHL, Blackhawks played Capitals. Hawks lost 7-3. Tonight, Bulls play Knicks here in Chicago. Game starts at 6.30 p.m. Central Time. 
And in the FIFA 2022 World Cup, yesterday Argentina beat Croatia 3-2-0. Today, France plays Morocco. Game starts at 1 p.m. Central Time. Well, for now, back to you, Chief. The game yesterday, Kevin, was kind of a, I don't know, I guess Messier had a big game. It's all you heard on the radio. We had a cannon on here, and all you heard was Messier, Messier, Messier. Good thing he was there. They had nothing to talk about. It's kind of a snore game. I wonder if today will be better, France and, and Britain. I mean, France and uh, Morocco, right? Mm, that's right. France today. and Morocco. That should be interesting. Morocco is certainly the uh, Cinderella story. I mean, it ends up being a, a France-Argentina final, I guess. A lot of people would have maybe would have picked that. They're one of the two of the favorites. Oh, yeah. So, Kevin, I you know, I don't know. I, uh, the, the north side where I live um, was very congested area. Uh, had... A lot of rail transportation to the city, uh, but no, again, congested. But none of the houses there, they they ended up having a, say, a lower economic class of people moved in, were there forever. Uh, your main streets were a lot of them were all boarded up, Halstead, Armitage, those kinds of places. There was nothing there, but the buildings kind of still were. And once it started to renovate, um, you know, people said, well, hey, there's we kind of went bust, or actually L-stop by L-stop. And went basically a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, and all of a sudden one day there'd be a, you know, all the tradesmen's vans would be on one block, and the next year they're on the other block, and that's kind of the way it went. And uh, and I don't, it seemed like it was a lot easier for somebody to look at a an empty storefront and say, hey, I'll rent that and put a coffee shop in there or something, than it was for that person to build a whole new building and go through the zoning and all the other BS you got to do in the city. It just somehow I, I can't really I can't really uh, articulate it totally, Kevin. But it seemed like once it started to move, it, it moved very rapidly. And yet now, people have moved on the near south side, some of those areas, and, you, and you're kind of waiting for you know where, where's the bar, where's the coffee shop, where's the food store. When you're just looking at vacant land, if somebody put up a bigger building and leased out a piece of the bottom, somebody would put a, a uh, you know a coffee shop in there or something, maybe a Starbucks or maybe maybe somebody independent, but usually somebody who had the, the wherewithal to say, I'll, I'll do the lease before you even build a building. Um, I don't know if it was as fast, Kevin. Of course, everything else is, you know, is uh, is, is, not, is not held the same. You know, if you do, do something at work, and you know, if you don't hold it for, hold it for the same, you're not, uh, uh, you know, same sort of thing. But what, was, what do you think about well, that? Tom, I think it depends on the property and how long it's been abandoned. Um, yeah, and then I think the, the but, but the the other thing that's the the other reason that they clean it out like they do is that um, uh, is, is that they become places where the the gangs held uh, hang out, where all the drug dealers hang out and, and operate. So they just move in; they're squatters, and and they move in and and just to get rid of them, they've knocked it down. But the other thing is, if you're, it depends on what kind of development you're after as well. If you're looking for commercial, I mean, I, I'm talking about, you know, light manufacturing, some distribution, those kinds of things, then you need to clear it out. You need to clear the space. Um, and that's been a successful formula in a lot of small cities um, where, you know, they've just basically, uh, you know, taken down all of these abandoned properties. They're on the tax rolls but not collecting anything. And uh, and so they, uh, uh, you know, they they take care of it that way. Uh, they they just get rid of them, and now it is something that um, you know where they actually have uh, 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 construction going on, and 
in some cases, they've taken care of, uh, taken advantage of the enterprise zone stuff that went back into uh, Trump's administration because those have uh, those have been successful uh, uh, tax incentives for people to go in and build. And then you get the surrounding neighborhoods that you haven't torn down. But now, if you have uh, if you have jobs that pay well, um, that are adjacent to there, then people can actually get to work because. You know, one of the big problems is say when you do economic development is, is are you going to locate in a place where the people who really need the jobs have the ability to get there? And, so, and, and if you don't have reliable transportation, um, then it's pretty hard to hold a job. Well, I, I just uh, I think in, in theory um, you're you're correct, but I just don't the two the all the different spots I've seen whether it works or doesn't. I mean, if I see, you know, they used to call me up these young urban professionals, right? Uh, if I see 100,000 of those people moving in the neighborhood, you and I might say, boy, we could use a couple coffee shops. There's a building. Boy, it's boarded up. What's inside? What do you say? We'll put a place in here. In, in Chicago, that's a hell of a lot easier than, than seeing an, uh, you know, a vast array of empty property two weeks, two blocks away, and saying I'm going to put a building there and getting the zoning and getting all the other crap from these people. I don't think there's a there's a there's even a comparison in the in the execution. But probably you would like your own new place and everything else. So I guess you know what oh, I'm saying. But, but Tom, we're talking about the difference between putting in a coffee shop and putting in a warehouse. Oh yeah, well there's no doubt in a warehouse you want to go. But I'm saying in terms of urban renewal. I mean, I, I don't know. The, I mean, I saw places. I mean, when we first started the show, there were uh, I was getting stuff from listeners about places like Akron and Youngstown and places like that where they knocked down all the buildings. And finally, they said, you know, we're not going to be a three hundred thousand person, whatever it was, town anymore. We're going to be two hundred. We're just going to those areas. We're just going to get rid of all the the lighting and all the other crap that goes through there. We're going to make a park or a golf course or let other people, uh, you know, maybe even a, an exit or something. And we're we're going to go that route. I mean, I just I think um, Chicago is is somewhat different because of the size of the place and how much how much of it used to be blue collar fed that it, that it's just not. So blue collar has changed a little bit, but uh, I mean we we cannot replace you know on the south side where there's there's got to be room for you know three hundred thousand people for God's sake, maybe even more. I don't know how you replace them without. A Hawthorne Works, without a uh, Southworks Steel, without Ream, without those kinds of places. Unless you went so high tech, which is fine, but I don't know that the high tech people want to be here. You know, so I don't know how you, I don't know how you do that. You know what I'm saying it's it's it's, right, it's, it's a totally different um, uh, neighborhood model if you if you want to go high tech. Um, but if you you know if you want to be in uh, in manufacturing, then that's that's a, a totally different neighborhood model. And, and it starts with having to have room for facilities and accessibility and a whole bunch of other things that go with it, too. Hey, you know what? I, and, you? and that tends to work, you know, that tends to work away from the city. Uh, if, if, you're, if you're really going to do distribution, um, you know, you, you, can, you can have little satellite shops in the city um, where, you know, where you can load up, uh, you know, something the size of an Amazon truck or a FedEx truck or something like that. But no, nobody likes taking the big rigs into the city. Yeah, and uh, so you know, so it's going to dictate the nature of, uh, of you know, if, if you're going to get into uh, uh, warehousing and distribution, it's going to uh, dictate uh, a 
whole different kind of model. But, you know, I, I, I have, it feels like, at least in Chicago, that nobody's thinking it through. No, nobody's, nobody's thinking it through. Now, this, we, you know, I got an interesting uh, text here from one of our people. Uh, and it was, uh, and you're the, you're the, I didn't plan on talking about this, uh, Kevin, but maybe we should. It's a interesting uh, take on, on the world. Um, Mayor Lori Lightfoot is, uh, evidently the, the police, for those that don't know, you can always listen into the police frequency. Not always. You have to, you know. But if there are if you any kind of a, a radio that has police frequency in there. You you can listen into the police frequencies. In fact, on the Jackass site, I'm always talking about. They give you the different frequencies for the different districts, and they give you the citywide one. So you can. It's how ambulance chasers can find can find accents. But I mean, it's been like that for you know forever and a day, right? I mean, so now evidently uh, the. Police are going with some kind of an encrypted system, where only the police and only uh, you know people who are in the know can, can get the encryption. Maybe even that radio. I don't know about that. Um, can listen in. So now Lori Lightfoot is getting ripped by people because they're saying everybody's concerned about why can't I listen into the police stuff like I used to be able to. And um, I'm going to say that. Uh, I would agree with the people that are bitching a little bit, but I also know that uh, during a lot of the riots, I mean, some of my friends say, say claim that the that the, the the bad guys were were three steps ahead of the police. So you're the IT guy. How can you how can you have both of those? How can you be a slave to both of those masters? That's a good question, isn't it? Because uh, um, you know, I suppose. You want the transparency, and at the same time, you don't want the bad guys to know, uh, you know, to have a tactical advantage. You want to have a tactical advantage over them. Um, so uh, so how would you do that? I, I suppose if you wanted to get, um, you know, you, you could share the encryption keys with media. Um, that, that might be, uh, you know, one way to handle it. Uh, you know, I, but I, I don't know. Do you know how encryption works? Um, I know what the t- what the term means. Is it always how it works? No. Uh, well, it's uh, y- you actually um, y- your computer is actually doing this for you um, when you uh, when you shop someplace. If you notice uh, up in the address bar where you're used to seeing HTTP and it says HTTPS, um, that's because you've created a secure connection. And what happens is. Um, that, uh, that you have uh, what's called a public key and a private key. So um, the private key is how you decrypt messages. The public key you publish when you talk. So if you go to Amazon and, uh, um, and, and you're going to buy something, you send out your public key, which Amazon is going to use to encrypt the message back to you. And you own the private key, so you're going to use your private key to decrypt it, and that's how that works. And so each side has that public key, private key thing going on. Um, so you know, it would basically you'd have to be sharing the uh, um, you know the encryption algorithm. You'd have to allow uh, an encrypted conversation like that with certain people. Um, so. You allow it with everyone, uh, not if you want to keep the bad guys out, but 
you know, are there ways, might it be possible to do it for the purposes of transparency with, I don't know, media, you know, where, where are you going to, you know, what's your list of people who get, to, who get access to it going to look like? That would be how you do it. So I, I understand what they're doing. I don't think it's a bad idea. I, I just don't know, you know, I, I don't like them, uh, you know, being able to cover up. I, I suppose the other thing that you could do is you could always record every conversation, because I think they do anyway, and publish them all a day later. Well, I, mean, I think that the, from what I understand, um, the way that this sort of works, say, say the shooting's out in front of our place tw- twice this year, make that three times, uh, well, the club is closed, so I guess it's safe. Um, the uh, if there is a call, a nine one one call, and there's a dispatch, your people who are listening. I mean, the media, channel seven, channel five, wherever they, they're going to be here like almost as quick as the police. If they find out there's been a multiple shooting or something. Now, I think there's a there's a public service to that. Plus, I think there's a, uh, for lack of a better term, a supervisory role in that. Because we have a we have a mayor who's trying to tell people that the city's a hell of a lot safer than it is, uh, or her intent. Her, I mean, she's looking at some stats, but most people don't feel that she's correct. But just whatever. Um, actually, was talking to a fellow last night who actually thinks it is safer if you look at the, the full numbers. And I think, in in that regard, it probably is. Yet, all of a sudden, people are getting shot during the day when most people are out, which didn't used to happen as very often. And they're getting shot in neighborhoods where it sort of didn't happen. Um, so uh, the, the general, well, I won't say the general population, but a lot of people are more afraid now than they ever were because it just doesn't always happen at 3 in the morning in a neighborhood you never go to. So now I don't know if somewhere in the back of their mind the shooting's in front of our place, if the, if the media didn't show up, are they going to try and say, you know, three people were shot instead of five. I mean, I, I mean, it, there, there seems like you, once you back yourself out of there, because most of the stuff, I think, Kevin, happens after the fact. I mean, I, I, wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be concerned if, uh, if, for instance, somebody was a, if a stolen car was, was heading down the Ryan and you see it on a camera and you call ahead to a policeman. I guess I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a problem with that guy listening into the police frequency not hearing that they see him and they're coming after him. Yet at the end of the day, I think about it, most of the stuff, most of these things, the, the crime has already happened. And I'm going to say, of these dispatches, you know, a robbery in progress at whatever, 2000 North Halston. That, I don't know how you keep the media out of it. It's already going on. You know, the, the people in there aren't listening to see. They, they know they tripped the alarm. They know somebody called. They, they get it. So I don't know how you differentiate one from the other. I mean, if you're... If you're looking for a guy, you know, a suspect going down this alley, I sure as hell don't want him listening into he's the suspect. I don't know how you, I don't know how you. Yeah, cut when they say he turned up the alley. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you. I'm not sure how you. Uh, I, I don't know that the. I guess probably there are. The police stuff can be so that the the criminal can put the thing in his ear. I suppose he could. You know, I don't know how that works, but it seems to me you sure as hell don't want to do A. You might want to figure out a way to do B. But just treating them all the same is not the same. Is that is not the right thing for me? Is, is that is that it's off yeah, the top so of my head? So they, so now you you know you got to wrestle through this. And again, we talk about not thinking it through. Uh, you you have to wonder: Have the people who made the decision that they're going to start encrypting this stuff? You know, ha- have they actually uh, thought through 
what the transparency issues are and why it's important and did, you know did they decide to do it anyway and i don't care or uh, you know or are they willing to make accommodation here well they've, they've said they've refused you know they, they need I, I think they need to do something because i sure as hell don't want them operating in the dark how many times have recordings from the uh, police exposed some kind of misdeed or wrongdoing of some kind um, it happens all the time. So now what are we going to do? We're going to uh, make those unavailable. Uh, we can't have them in real time, so at least we got to crack at editing them before we release them to the public. You know, I, I, I think there's some real legitimate questions to ask there. Um, and and so you're ba- it's, it's the old thing that you get a lot of times, the argument you get in, in Homeland Security issues. Um, you know, how much, how much transparency are you willing to trade for security? And the, the answer the answer to me is my my meter is way closer to none um, than it is uh, to uh, uh, trust the government to uh, to take care of me especially when they've proven so ably that they can't well we've had uh, our, our, our buddy Wayne's been in he was an NSA guy for years and I don't think anybody on the extremes if you know uh, there's a Russian spy or Chinese people here doing spying on their own people which appears to be a huge problem nobody wants to talk about uh, and somebody is is working, maybe to infiltrate or do something. What these fellows, a, a double knot spy or somewhere, a double agent or something. You sure as hell don't want that guy's name broadcast. Okay, I mean there's there's stuff that only certain people. I mean I don't really think that everybody needs to know exactly how fast a aircraft carrier goes. I mean even though the other side seems to be able to find out pretty easily. Um, what do they want after? Uh, Time, or time Clancy for uh, Hunt for Red October mm. with all his, you know, where'd you get all the secret stuff? They, I don't know if they arrested him, but they certainly interviewed him a bunch of times. And he goes, all I do is read Jane's fighting ships, for God's sake. <laughs> it's, it's right there. So, I mean, it's, it, you know, it's in all these magazines and so forth. So, I mean, if you just read them, you can pick up on all stuff. But on the same token, you know, Wayne said the, it got to the point where the lunch menu was, was uh, top secret or secret. I mean, come on. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, it's a huge ego that the stuff I work on, you know, uh, doesn't. One of the guys from, uh, quick story, one of the guys from Pullman, uh, Marty Leno, brilliant, brilliant man. He was a mechanical engineer. Uh, his parents owned a, a, fur, a furnace uh, supply place, furnace and heating supply, and air conditioning supply place. He knew all about furnaces, air conditioning, and so forth. But he was, uh, ended up being like a helicopter engineer, whatever the hell that means, or mechanical engineer. And so he worked at the Pentagon, and he said you'd, you'd show up. You basically had your wallet, you know, with money and a credit card in. You sat down, all the, you know, the uh, yellow paper and all that stuff was there. You did your work in an office that they gave you. You couldn't leave with anything. I mean, it was all their property, whatever you wrote down, whatever you did. And I guess I don't have a problem with that so much, Kevin, if, if it's something that, I mean, I don't know how top secret the stuff he was was working on. Actually... He was working on how bad one of the helicopters was. It just happened to be the one they used in the, the Iran, where they tried to rescue the people in Iran, that the thing had a huge problem with uh, with dust and sand, and guess what? It went over there and had a sandstorm, and it all went down, right? Um, but, I mean, there, there's there's some common sense to this, but I don't know. If you don't involve, you know, the public, I mean, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if uh, the city wouldn't like to have, if there was a robbery on Michigan Avenue, that's subdued, and two plainclothesmen show up and take the report, and uh, you don't even know they're there, and you know, clean up the damage and uh, go on, go on with your life. I mean, rather than being reported to everybody. Now, whether 
you could actually suppress something like that and word wouldn't get out. I don't know. But clearly the intent could be there, right? Yeah. So so that's why, you know, that's so that that's the challenge. That's always the challenge. This is like me teaching a business ethics class where I keep saying, where are you drawing your line? Yeah, but, but those people, uh, <laughs> with those people, when there's, you know, they have the, and I always, I always talk about, you know, the George Stigler classes where he said politics is a business. Just most people don't understand the business. It's just different. But it is a business unto itself. Getting people reelected, getting stuff for your friends, being have that kind of power, being able to spend other people's money. It, it's a whole different business. But it, but it is a business. Now, you know, when Lori's job is to make things look as good as possible so she gets reelected in her mind because she's better than anybody else and she's got the ideas and the world of the city is is better off with better off with her here i mean that's probably i mean it and maybe if you and i were in that spot you know maybe we try our prior behind off uh one, one thing that i mean i know when i was on the board of the sebo and i didn't get elected the third time i thought that they had basically screwed themselves because i was doing a pretty good job now did i accomplish some stuff, yeah. I mean, did I, did I did I stop the wave towards the trading as you see it today and make keep it competitive, keep it more keep it more open for people? No, I didn't. I wasn't able to do that at all. So, but still, in my mind, I was better than some other schlump who came in after me. I'm sure she feels the same way. It's not just her, right? I mean, people who run for senator, I'm sure in their heart of hearts, think that the, the everybody in their district or state is better off with them being there than anybody else. Right, I mean, and, and I I get that they do, but the minute you start compromising your values to do that, then the 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 answer to the question is no, they're not better off. Well, that's right. You be you be what the phrase says: you become what you detest. Right. Yeah, yeah. they are what you hate. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I would never do bad things to get this job because the person I don't want to be voting for that person. All of a sudden, two years later, you're taking money from FTX. You know, and, and and hiding the guy in Washington, like, like. Uh, and I wonder, I wonder, uh, Kevin, this will be uh, go- going forward subject for us, I'm sure. Um, you know, certainly with Carl and with uh, Lou and you and maybe Jan, is going forward. You know, w- what what responsibility if this money came from an overseas corp or for a foreign entity, or even just run through something here? What responsibility does a, does a uh, Elected official have to see where the money came from. I mean, when I asked that, and we'll talk about this more on Friday, when I asked that, we're supposed to, the, the SEC demands that we, PTI, if somebody else comes up with a corporation here, they're going to want to know who all the investors are. Well, hell, I mean, a politician takes a check, he doesn't have, he doesn't seem to have to care, right? <laughs> I mean, well, I, it's, it, it seems to me that a politician should at least care about the ones that come in in big dollar amounts. Uh, you would think. Well, Kevin, thank you very much, bud. Good SP Futures now down 5, Nasdaq Futures down 15. We're leaking a little bit. We'll be right back. Professor Russell Rhodes. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for 
stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProtoRuck can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProdirect.com. PTIProdirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They're located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. A bottle of your best champagne and put it on my bill. Very well, sir. Captain, please. Oh, please, monsieur, it is a little game we play. They put it on the bill, I tear up the bill. It is very convenient. Lower my bag, stocks and jacks. I'm Tom Howe. In front of the board, SP futures down 450, NASA futures down 13. Um, so that still leaves us up from yesterday, even though we were up 135, and the spoos finished up like 27. Now we're down, say, 5 ish. So it certainly wasn't near to gleeful as it was after the inflation number came out. Now we have the Fed uh, announcement today, and we have the Fed uh, press conference. So we're um, concerned here a little bit. The story is that. Uh, Maybe the inflation is down because the recession's on the way. So now mm. everybody's trying to interpret this as something. So we might as well have a professor interpret it for us. <laughs> Russell, right. how are you, bud? I'm doing all right. Um, what do you want, economic flowing or inflation? But not both. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know that what's 
even though we're not supposed to look at this stuff anymore, if you looked at the money supply over the last three years, you were able to predict exactly what's happening on the inflation. Oh, yeah. But, but we don't do that anymore. We, we seem like mm-hmm. we, we don't know what we're looking at. But um, it doesn't surprise me that that the inflation is leveling out. And maybe as a strategy, Russell, it, it wouldn't be so bad. Maybe the best they could do to just get to four and a half or so and say that's it. And just let it flow out. And that's, that's going to be our rate going forward. We're going to be normal for a while. When I say mm-hmm. normal. We still might get to five, but it's going to be uh, a couple of twenty-five basis point hikes to get to five. Well, I'm saying I'm saying somewhere in there. I don't know that, but some of the people seem to think it's just a matter of time before we're back to one and a half. And by the way, you should go back to pricing stocks that way. I don't think that's right. I mean, some stocks I think are fine here, and you know I've got my people involved and so forth, but. I don't think that that's right. That you you can count on that, you, but maybe you can. I don't know. I mean, it's a different world. Um, uh, gosh, I don't know if you can totally count on that. No, I mean, I don't. I don't see how somewhere, someplace, there's got to be a professor like you writing a book now, or we're trying to do the research. What did we really accomplish by going from two to a half anyway? I mean. Other than give money to some people and not take and not give it to other people, I mean, I, I don't see that that helped anything anywhere. I mean, maybe someplace it obviously helped, you know, Microsoft or someplace get money at two point eight or whatever they got it for at one point, but it really didn't help. I guess it helped people get a house, which they which they ended up, you know, paying more for the house. I don't know if they really gained that much, um, but I don't know that it, it certainly credit card rates didn't come down. Uh, I don't know how much the rate for the plumber to get his third truck went down at a local bank. I mean, I don't, I don't know any of that stuff. But it would be nice to know exactly who did it affect and how much. And did it really affect the, the, the regular economy? Or did it affect savers in the sense that they took all their money out of savings, you weren't getting anything, and put money in the market at various times, some of which made money and some of which maybe got buried if they put it in the last year or so. So I don't know what the tail of the tape, if we could read the whole tape, I don't know what it would show to you. Well, it, you know, as far as the, oh, it, there's two different things there. It's one, and the, the, the first part is the part that the Fed probably spends more time paying attention to than they should. And that may be a function of our most recent president is looking at the stock market and not really looking at what's going on with the economy. Well, for, but the. And it, when you look at the stock market and still what's going on in the economy, you. you Every time it looked like you were going to do something that was not easy money, the stock market would behave like a bad child. You know, every time they even... And think back to the quantitative easing, not necessarily the interest rate part, where, you know, every time they would they would give us a, some sort of a target out in the future. Uh, in October, we're going to, you know, we're going to stop quantitative easing. In fact, we might start quantitative tightening. And... As those dates approach, the stock market would kind of sell off, and then they would push that date out. So the you know, you're asking who really benefited from the low rate? Uh, anybody that had any sort of risk assets that were getting pushed up, those are the people that benefited from it. But those people also got hurt if they unless they were you know, unless they get the they got the call that they should be selling when the S&P was up around 4700 Well, that's the... No, that's the easy one to figure out. The other one, you know, did 
what happened with people's quality of life based on, you know, the, and, and I think that you can think about the Fed's dual mandate, which everybody forgets about, uh, of trying to have the best employment you possibly can without inflation. Um, you know, maybe they were, maybe they were accomplishing that until they weren't. Well, I think if they really would have looked yeah. at the inflation numbers, they weren't, they never were. The inflation mm-hmm. was always higher than they thought. Yeah. And, and the people that, and I really, and this is, yeah, and this is just a function of anybody that's any, at any station in life. Um, the people that, that ultimately decide the rates, uh, I don't think, I mean, they don't live like the rest of us. No. You know? You know, they, they, I, I, you know, they, maybe they do. Maybe Janet Yellen pumps her own gas and can see the difference in the price, you know. You know, I mean, maybe she. I, I, I think it'd be really funny if somebody posted a picture of her pumping gas. Yeah, that would be. But a, um, it'd be a, a Pulitzer, uh, whatever. But you know, winner. you know what I'm saying by that. It's. Uh, I, I always think about the first President Bush when he was running for re-election and he went to a grocery store and he was completely, he was totally impressed with the scanner because he probably hadn't been in a grocery store in 15 years. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I. Uh, it, it's it's kind of the same. It's kind of the same thing with the with. You know, the, the ivory tower people that make these decisions. Well, I think, uh, Russell, and without, I mean, we are a little more accusatory on the show than mo- probably most people's shows. Uh, maybe because we're older and more direct, I don't know, but uh, it always, to me, is how much of it is, is uh, larceny and how much of it is just access. I mean, I don't I don't know if, if somehow, I mean, the Fed, I mean, the chairman takes phone calls from people, I'm sure, you know, people that age still phone, and I'm sure he gets texts and emails. He's got to get them from senators. He's got to get them from reps. He's got to get them from banking people. I mean, those are his guys. It's not like he's not plugged in someplace, right? But he, but he's plugged in, you know, at a level at which if the market drops, and all of a sudden some senator, you know, I don't think they're bashful at all about calling and say, "Hey, what the bleep?" You know, I get, I get. Eighty percent of my campaign that, uh, contributions from these these four firms, and they just dropped you know ten percent in the last week. What are you doing to them? You know, type of thing. I'm sure he gets these people are not shy. I don't think. Now the problem comes down, and, I, and there's a reason why I say this because I had a guy in here, a guy, a client years ago, told me the story about the utilities here. But he says, you know, what? I don't know that that if uh, you or I, I mean. Uh, I mean, if my mom was still alive, if I was, if I would able to call him and say, "Hey, my mom used to get four percent in the passbook. She's not a stock trader. She's not own a building. Now she's getting zero. What are you doing to her?" I, I don't know that that, that call ever gets made or taken. You know, it's not like, it's not like yeah. the dude. I mean, if you if you if he sat next to you, or you had a beer with the guy, or an iced tea, or whatever the hell it was, I'm sure he wouldn't turn out to be an asshole. I mean, I don't think he would. Oh no, no. You know, and, uh, and I'm sure if he heard. You don't- you, you can only get you can only get so far if you're not white. Yeah, and I, like, but I'm saying, but I mean, he, he he might say, well, yeah, that's you know that's kind of the price we have to pay for a while, or we'll, your mom has to take one for the team, but but for a decade, you know, or, or more. I mean, it's like kind of a mm-hmm. long take for the team. You know, I, I it was uh, I, I had a client in here, and he came in, and he was a show listener when John and I were in the score a long time ago, and he was a I probably told you this before. He's a was a city he was a somewhat of an expert on atomic energy 
and he retired and he became a citizen's like a consultant they would get for these citizens action boards for rate increases and he said it's all it's all about access and who's paying paying the bill he said if you go down to the was the ICC who does the rate stuff in Illinois and they send it to the legislature and stuff I think it's the ICC I'm not whoever it is he goes if you go down there and you walk in act in you walk in you'll see three people and there'll be a conference room table and there's two people sitting there <laughs> from Peoples or from North Shore or from Commonwealth Edison or somebody. And they look at you and they go, who are you? <laughs> it's They're always there, essentially telling their side of the story. And, and the girls look good. I'm sure, I don't know if they're, I don't think they're bribing them, but maybe there's a lunch involved. Maybe they're bringing pizza, who the hell knows. But it's 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 people that are that look good, male and female, dress well. They present themselves well. They, they give you the long story about these plants are degrading. We need this kind of money from the state. And, oh, well, by the mm-hmm. way, you know, we're only, it's only going to be, you know, a 2% increase this month for people, and they're going to have nuclear power till their grandkids, you know, die or some shit. I mean, it, you know, that, that, that can, it, it, I mean, most of lobbying, if done properly, is just education. I mean, it's not walking in with a check and saying, you know, it's not, it's not like the, the people did to the lady in in, in uh, Arizona. They gave her a million and a half bucks, and she torpedoed the carry interest carried interest repeal. I mean, I mean that's. Yeah. I mean, most of the time, it's just. I mean, I know we used to have the exceptions exchange. You know that. Hey, this bill is going to kill our industry. What are you doing? I mean, it's not serving any purpose. And oh, by the way, I mean, it, a lot of it is is just taking care of yourself and making sure the legislative process doesn't bury you. Mm-hmm. But, it, but but it also can evolve into way more than that to where. All kinds of people have access all the time, and you just don't. And I think in a lot of cases, that's where we... I'm not accusing the lobbyists of Commonwealth Edison, you know, that they should go to the fourth ring of hell because they go there and tell their story to the state. The mm-hmm. problem is, Commonwealth Edison can pay this exceptionally attractive male and female with the $500 outfit. They can pay them and then put that on their expenses, and with the formula... They get paid more because those are their expenses, and they get a return on their on their on their uh, capital and expenses, right? Where if you and I have to put up the money for the Citizens Utility Board to fight them, we're just putting it up. So we're going to run out of gas, but they're not. They've yeah. been here. They've been here a hundred years. We're going out of gas and we're running out of time and effort. And oh, by the way, we got a sick kid. I can't make the meeting. The lobbyist is always there, right? I mean, it's it's all. I mean, I don't know how you. I don't know how you turn that bus around. I mean, it's amazing when you and I talk about stuff, Kevin. It kind of gets passed to the same thing. How does how does government respond to to the I won't say the average person or whatever, but how does it respond to everybody? How does the police scanner issue? I mean, how do you cut back on people's ability to see the police scanner and trust the police to even describe what happened in any? Which well, they're there to be police people. They're not there to describe the scene. So yeah. so why would why would you want well, what happened over there? Well, nothing. What do you mean nothing? <laughs> well, we pulled two bodies away. Yeah, but who killed? Did you get the guy? I'm sure it's going to be this very. I mean, you don't you don't want that. Yeah, you, yeah. You also don't want the crooks listening to the police scanner and say they're coming. Let's go, <laughs> right? <laughs> so yeah. I, so I don't know what the middle ground on that is. I mean, I don't know. What the, I don't know what the solution to a lot of this stuff is, but you, solutions never show up if you don't at least identify the problem, right? They they may right. show up if you identify the problem, but uh, if you don't, they never will. I think. Yeah. Yeah. You know what the problem. Our, our country is too big. <laughs> what do you want to, what do you want to, well, it's, it's become a, it's become an unmanageable conglomerate. So maybe maybe the solution is to to divide us up into about 
three or four countries. Well, we sort of are. I mean, I, no, we, we really. I had this. I, I'm, I'm, I had somebody in from one of the exchanges last night. We were very late talking about all of these various topics, and because um, he, he's very much of a New York guy, and he's in Indiana for for some work stuff. Uh, it's like, man, I, 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 goes, people still have Trump flags out. I'm like, well, yeah, you know, <laughs> half the country voted for him. I mean, about half the country voted for him. So, yeah, you know, he, the man, unfortunately, uh, does still have some fans out here. You know, and, and that may that may be one of the core problems is that we're just um, too too we're too big a company to manage now, and it's time to, you know break it down one way or another and I don't know how you go about doing that or I, yeah, I don't know how you go about fixing it but it almost feels like it's a fundamental uh, part of the process that we have now that we've kind of evolved into over the last couple of years and either you say it's not you know it, it, it's got all the flaws that you can you can point out in an hour but those flaws, you know, but what's the better system? Yeah, and I don't really know if there's another better governing system out there that I'd want to deal with. But I mean, you could we can deal with these things that are not so good for uh, you know the majority of people sometimes. But at least the majority of people can say something about it without worrying about it getting worse or worrying about something bad happening to them because they're speaking up about it. Hmm. Well, you know, we 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 said the, the things that we say on here. Um, if we were in some kind, in many countries, we would last a couple of days. Well, we're but we're you know, so it's uh, and, and you you, you kind of tri- I can't believe I got to say this about myself. You kind of triggered me a little bit when you said that we that, that we're like that we gripe a lot about it or 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 you know or that we we. I forgot the exact phrase you used, but you said that we're that we tend to to pick on everybody a lot. Um, we're allowed to. It's kind of nice that we're allowed to, and you're seeing the other side of it very big. Yeah, but don't. But days. I'm going to to give you um, a line and, from a. And and I know I'm kind of going down a different rabbit hole on this one, but I, you know, I, you're like we got to identify the problem to come up with solutions. I don't know if there is a solution. I don't know if there's a better way. For everything to be run, and we're doing it right now, except maybe being able to concentrate it a little bit better. It's why people are relatively happy living in European countries because they, you know, they're they're, they're small. They're, they're working for smaller, happy companies right now. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I just, I don't, I don't know that. Normally, I agree with you. I, I think we have the idea of the states and the local and stuff. If you look at the the tax receipts. States and, and local, they actually do as much governing as the Fed in terms of money. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, we do have it somewhat split up. It's not perfect, but here's what uh, what you just said, which is kind of interesting. You talk about, you know, we're allowed to. Um, the other, Not the same William Simon, or not William County, William Simon, in his book, he said, never forget that, uh, you know, and not in a, in a, in a bullet way, Freedom is not something government gives to people. It's, mm. it's something people take from government. Mm-hmm. Mm. So there's there's a there's a huge difference there. It's not it's not up to I don't I don't you and I don't get to talk because you know Lori Lightfoot or Jay Pritzker or Biden or anybody says we can talk. 
We talked because an awful lot of people lost their lives to get us that. Yeah. Well, we talked because of the system that we're in. But we we uh, re- we wrenched that. Uh, the people wrenched yeah, we, that from government years ago. Mm-hmm. Now, whether, uh, as Ch- Thomas Jefferson said, every couple hundred years you need another revolution to, to get back to that. You know, I hope that's not the case. But revolution here, the idea is you can always have a revolution essentially at the ballot box. Mm. Yeah. Now, whether you whether you can still do that or not, you know, I don't know. But I think the the Trump phenomenon is as much as I mean, I, I try and understand it. I mean, I have people around me that are Trumpers. Uh, uh, I try and understand it, and, I, and a, the, the basic drop I can get to is that even though the man is, is personally despicable. Their 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 first thing was you know I say well the guy the guy as my grandmother said the guy lies like a rug <laughs> and uh you know and, and but they'll say name me a politician that's never lied to you mm. you know it's it's like it, it's mm-hmm. to them it's a matter of degree but the 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 point that they have is with all his flaws of which there are a multitude he's the only one who's willing to stand up and say this government sucks these people are in, in, this bureaucracy needs to go. These people uh-huh. don't do anything but harass people, uh, you know. And I, that that maybe that's his only positive thing, but some people, and, and you look at, for God's sake, Russell, you've done exceptionally well in an in industry that I love or used to love, uh, and yet virtually no one else has, unless you're part of three or four firms. Everybody, look at look at the, the suicides and the, and the bad stuff of the people that I used to know on the trading floor. Mm. Now, some of them didn't have another skill set like you do and I do. But the fact is, there's no reason for three people to get a fast feed and the rest of the people not. There's no reason for you and I to, I'm not saying you know you have good-looking runners running out with the orders anymore. There's no reason for 15 people not to be able to stand in one spot and put their orders up if they feel like it. I'm not saying they should be, you know, and there's no reason for customers not to have priority. There's no reason for any of that. I mean, we we could have designed the new system in a way that it was inclusive instead of exclusive. Yet we didn't. We weren't able to because other people managed to hire the right people and and and, and bribe the exchanges by having the management go public and those guys become rich. You know, all of a sudden, non-members got stock and sold the place. Well, who the hell ever allowed that to happen? I mean, it, you know that that whole that whole mechanism is flawed. Yet there it is. I mean, how many how many people used to work for, you know, f- uh, firms in uh, in, in uh, well, when I bought my truck in up uh, in uh, Grand Rapids, the guy I was asking a guy about the account. If, if you ever want to, I mean, I'll ask you this. I've sort of led the question here, but whenever right. you want to talk about the economy, go and sit down and talk to somebody who owns a used car lot. They have a much oh, greater, yeah. they have a much greater <laughs> feel. So, you know, anyway, I was driving. I, I've told you the story. Uh, not for a long time, but I, when I drove up there, they had some kind of little festival in the downtown, wherever, not downtown, but somewhere neighborhood this was in Grand Rapids. So I had to go down a bunch of side streets to get to the place I bought the truck. And I'm, I'm driving down the street, and I'm looking at the houses, me being the observant fellow I try and be. And I see they're all pretty well kept up, the lawns are all cut, and it's not, you know, there's not washing machines sitting on a porch or anything like that. But I noticed all the roofs were like a little old, and maybe a couple of the windows look like. So it looked like people were living there, doing the best they can. They didn't lose their house, but they didn't really have the scratch for the $10,000 new roof. So I said to the guy, because he came in on a Saturday, because I said, look, if I'm coming up to get this truck, people would nor- normally open on a Saturday, you got to come up, gotta come in and meet me. And he goes, okay. So just the two of us. So for an hour, 
because I used driven up there and needed you know an hour to rest. I go, uh, what's going on around here? And he says, well, everybody used to work for uh, a lot of the uh, furniture companies, office furniture companies, and they were making 30, 35 bucks an hour. And he said, all of a sudden, everybody get laid off. The place is uh, a bleep storm. And uh, so now everybody's somewhat back to work. There's distribution stuff up here. People have jobs, but then now the new jobs are 18 to 22 an hour. So a lot of people didn't lose their house. They have a husband and wife working. He's, but you're absolutely right. Nobody's going to put a roof on. They don't have the 10 grand or 8 grand or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so you can look at the area, and if you're one of the, you know, the beeps on TV or the Fed or CNBC, you're going to walk by and you're going to say, hey, everybody's got a job. Look at the good job I'm doing. No, you've, 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 and those are the people that are, are Trump people because, not because they like the man. Who could possibly like the man? I mean, but, you know, but it's impossible. I mean, uh, but but the uh, but the, he, he's the only guy that that heard my story and, and brought it to Washington, at, at least in his own mind. Now, whether or not he actually did any of that and didn't favor his buddies and all the other stuff, I think that they're severely mistaken in how he actually acted. But the fact uh-huh. is that was his story, and it's still his story. You know, Washington is no good. I mean, um, your buddy Newt Gingrich. You know, he he said the same thing. He goes, the Trump phenomenon is just to follow through from the Obama phenomenon. We, we elected a young, good-looking guy who could talk real well, thought he was another John Kennedy, although he didn't, I don't think Obama cheats on his wife. Like uh, he's, he's actually way more moral than Kennedy ever was, not even close. I mean, uh, in terms of, of who, who, you'd, who you'd rather have around you, you'd much rather have Obama than Kennedy, I think. But still, uh, we thought we were gonna, he said we were going to get a young guy that didn't have a chance to be here long enough to be corrupted or co-opted or corrupted, whatever you want to call it. He said, sure enough, he was. He was the most you know, co-opted guy ever in, in eight years. Now the, and now the populace said that wasn't far enough. Let's get somebody totally from the outside who's just a rabble-rouser. And, and that's what we got. So uh-huh. it's, it, I mean, it, uh, when you look at the flow of it, you know, it's, it's not looking at somebody maybe close to me who's a Trumper. It's not saying you're an idiot. They, they feel that his pugnacity or whatever... Or his ability to at least uh, possibly tell the truth, because he doesn't care what he says, doesn't remember it, is is important. And they don't they don't want another guy just tied in. Big firms do all right. This is fine. You know, vaccines. What you th- by the way, speaking of which, we got a couple of minutes here before the break. What do you think of that uh, article about DeSantis convening a grand jury on all the vaccines? I hadn't seen that yet. I think <laughs> I, I I wow. <laughs> Well, he's, he wants I to know. I, I hope he's going to, you know, he seems to be the early frontrunner. I, and I know everybody says Trump's the frontrunner, but there, there's too much baggage for him to, to make it through and, and get nominated again. I really do believe that. Yeah, I do too. Uh, yeah, the, the only person that, that I think could succeed is like a Trump light. And DeSantis is kind of like that. You know, or a likable Trump. How's that? Well, but he... But he's, he's saying, I want, I want all the information that, that Pfizer has given or not given. I want to subpoena these people and find out what the real story is on all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And somebody's well, going to do somebody, that. I mean, somebody should. Yeah. And thank goodness that, again, I'll go... You know, I, I feel like we, we, we rip on people an awful lot, but people are just operating within the system or playing the game that they, you know, that, that we have right now. So... I, I want to loop back to the system instead of the personalities behind the system. Well, I do too, and I and I, and I think. Uh, yeah. So what do you what do you suppose? What do, 
What if they find out that uh, Pfizer's internal documents didn't support a, you know, a uh, vaccinations for people under 15 or something, and yet they did it anyway? I mean, are we going to hang people? Are we going to find yeah, them? No, I'm not going to hang people. Then what will happen is somebody will file some big-ass class action suit against them, and in six and a half years, uh, you'll get a check in the mail for $27. And some law firm will make... But I mean, what are we and about the law, to... And the law firm will take a third of... And that $27 was really 40 but the law firm took a third. Well, but what are we going to do about the people that we hire to make sure that doesn't happen when these approvals come through and they didn't do their job, or we found out they actually got paid? Well, hopefully they didn't get paid. But on the other side of it, you know, we were in panic-stricken mode at the time, which I, I really feel like we overreacted. And I, so I, I know that I know pe- I know people that were on a ventilator. For, I know a person yeah. was on a ventilator for a couple of weeks because of COVID. So it it sounds really cold when I say something like we overreacted to it, but I do think we overreacted to it um, to a certain point. But yeah, yeah, I think safety's first, and maybe that's why we overreacted the way that we did to it. But the cool thing, again, is that somebody can say, okay, I want to know exactly what happened, and we have mechanisms in place to figure it out. Well, my, my, my opinion, from reading all the stuff that comes here from all the different sides, my, my opinion is that, uh, and this, of course, will change probably as the facts come out, or a lot of them do, is that the, uh, the vaccine early on was shown to help individual people essentially not die. And not, yeah. and not be on a ventilator. And in the groups that had the biggest issue with that, meaning older people, nursing homes, those kinds of things, the hustle out, to me, was the right call. But to expand it to the part where, knowing that the vaccine it, itself was not all that proven and maybe even caused some problems, to extend that down to other people saying, if you were 18, you should take it because it's going to stop you from getting COVID when they knew right out of the gate it wouldn't stop you from getting it. It would mitigate your symptoms. And, and, it, it, yeah. and the, the yeah. idea that you should take this because you need to protect grandma, I don't think that was ever true. You need, no, I never thought that was and, and, you know, that's, that's the funny part of uh, people insisting you get the, the, um, the jab or yeah. the vaccine. Uh, every and, and I worked with somebody that was just you know die hard. If you're not going to get that, then I don't want you around me because you're going to you're going to make me sick. Yes, yeah, so that, that was never true. No, it was never true. And if anything, if you if you had a vaccine that covered up the symptoms and you didn't really realize that you had it, didn't it make it more likely that you were going to spread it? I don't know about that. It could very well, but I'm not. I mean, I don't know. We did. Probably have to study that. I mean, I, I, but but I've always thought that's probably part of it as well. Um, we were in panic mode. Odds are, Pfizer took advantage of panic mode. Well, but they all the. And I don't like any any studies that the federal government makes decisions on made by the person selling you the drug. Oh, that's no. Anyway, SP futures and down five. Nasdaq futures down twenty. We right back. I want your opinion of what happened yesterday, Russell. I mean, wild stuff. Uh, 
just just another 700 point spin in a Dow, eh? I mean, just <laughs> just just another one. We next day we're almost not even talking about it, but let's talk about it a little bit. Be right back, stocks and jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas, and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know. All while exploring how to live your best life through music, spirits, food, sports, travel, fitness, and a whole lot more. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures. It's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into Wall Street's investment gurus. It's for mavericks who believe in life, luxury, and the pursuit of happiness. It's for you. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities. They play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and try to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks and, jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, and welcome Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Allen. I'm front of the board. SP Futures up, sorry, down 315. SP Futures down 14. We just read a little bit during break. Dow Futures are down 21. Over in Europe, we've got the... Uh, you know, we were kind of subdued ahead of this uh, Fed meeting. Dax, these guys are down a little further than they were earlier, though. Dax down 92.6%, FTSE down 18.2%, Gek around down 26.4%. Dax down a more. The rest of them are actually about the same spot. Renasia, we've got the Nikita up to a 1.7%. The Hang Seng up 77.4%, 19,673. Shanghai up 20 cents, so let's call that one flat. Uh, Bonds. Up one basis point here, US 3.52. The Bund up actually six to 1.96, maybe going back to two. 
Uh, Japan unchanged at 0.25. We've got oil up 74 cents, 76.13. Brent up 69 cents, 81.37. So oil has made a bounce back from being under 70 for a little bit, but still not looking like it's going to 100 or 120 or anything. Some people have. Natural gas down 36 cents, 6.57. Despite this big storm, natural gas keeps flying around. That's a 5% move. I mean, it, it doesn't seem like much, 36 cents, that people have never traded it, but 5% moves in a commodity like that with big contracts, that's a big deal. Hmm. Uh, gold down 5 bucks, 1820 still above 1800 Silver down 3 cents, 2396 still sort of elevated. Copper unchanged, 384 Crypto up 113 down a little less than it was earlier, but 18867 so kind of in the margin safety zone, shall we say. And we have the U.S. dollar, which is... Uh, Virtually unchanged, the 106 to the euro and 123 to the uh, British pound. Uh, what do you have for us, traffic weather sports? Hey, good morning. Currently 7:37 uh, a.m. on December 14th, 2022. Traffic in Chicago: the highways will be a little more slippery than usual due to earlier rain. Keep diligent on the roads this morning. Weather in Chicago: overcast skies today. Right now, 37 degrees, a high of 45 degrees in the afternoon today. Expect rain to continue throughout the day and into tonight. Weather in Phoenix, 36 degrees, clear skies. Expect a high of 55 degrees today. Yesterday in the NHL, Blackhawks played Capitals. Hawks lost 7-3. Tonight, Bulls play Knicks here in Chicago. Game starts at 6.30 p.m. Central Time. And in the FIFA 2022 World Cup, yesterday Argentina beat Croatia 3-0. Today, France plays Morocco. Game starts at 1 p.m. Central Time. So for now, Chief, back to you. Um, Russell, we have a... Hey, real quick, did you see what Morocco did? They they repeated themselves from the uh, 700. They what? They 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 worked their way up. They they took out everybody on the Iberian Peninsula. And now they're going after France. Oh. Go Morocco. <laughs> that's that's about the truth. Uh, yeah. They uh, well, I'm, I'm, if they lose, I, I guess the, uh, the the chalk will be in the finals. Basically, Argentina and France had to be two of the favorites. Yeah, well, Brazil was the big-time favorite. Well, then you got, uh, well, Messi, boy, uh, Messi played well yesterday. I mean, I don't know that much about soccer, but the guy sure like he, uh, he's pretty good. And, uh, and, of course, then one of the comments was, he's good enough where nobody can touch him. That's why he's that good. I, you know, I don't know enough about soccer to be able to make a comment like that. But um, if Morocco gets in there, I guess it would be, in the words of Bill Murray, a Cinderella story, eh? Yeah. <laughs> we, we make movies about it. Well, the only... Uh, they only given up one goal the whole way, right? Which one? Morocco. Oh, they only scored one goal? No, they've only given up one. Oh, they've only given up one. Wow. I think so, yeah. That's yeah, the U.S. lost, and I went back to work. I think, you know, that's about the way, yeah. Although, you know, I just read the news reports. I mean, Morocco was, I mean, they've gone farther than any country on the African continent ever in this thing. So... Yeah, I mean, they, 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 well, I tell you what, they, a couple of those overtime games, the guys don't get tired. <laughs> they're in good shape, yeah. I don't know, but whatever, I don't know if they get some East German guy working with them or what, but they're mm-hmm. uh, they're doing pretty good. Hey, uh, um, I would, you know, what I could, if I didn't like you, I, I could I could wish being a soccer ref on you. 22 people oh, plus God. the coaches bitch at the guy the whole game. I played soccer, and I was actually good at it. Um, and but I never really liked it, and I, I completely obliterated my knee as a freshman in high school really? playing for the varsity team. Um, yep, and uh, the best thing that ever happened to me. 
Why you stopped playing ball? <laughs> I couldn't play. I couldn't. I couldn't move side to side anymore. That's so a good I, excuse I going forward. Would you have to do the full uh, surgery and everything? Um, I'm getting ready to have my seventh knee surgery. <laughs> On the same knee? Yep. Who the hell did it the first time? Doctor Fox and the Bears, or what? Yeah, and, and <laughs> a freaking idiot. So yeah, it, it didn't. It never really got fixed correctly until just a few years ago. Um, that, hey. that, that's that's our healthcare system. Yeah. Well, if you don't if you don't get the right person, uh, you got you got issues. But what did, what did you make of yesterday? What you know those kind of, is how much of uh, it's not overly shocking. I actually in in part of this is going to be a little bit of a victory lap because I I and and I tweeted this, so I'm I'm not just making it up. Um, I did I put on an iron condor uh, just for yesterday because you know we have the daily options now, and the idea was even if we got a really good number. That you know, or, or we got a really bad number uh, in both directions. That there would probably be a little, uh, you know, pushing back, a little reversing to the mean, uh, because we had round two of, of what's going to happen in 2023 today. And I, I think having two big events back to back like that um, is probably what resulted in us uh, giving up a whole lot of those ill-gotten gains from early in the day. And, you know, so, I mean, that's how I take that. It's just, uh, okay, we got a, a number that adjusts our outlook on what the Fed's going to do because they, uh, you know, they, I, last I checked, it looked like they were only pricing in 25 basis points on that February meeting now instead of 50, and that we may top out at 475 instead of 5. I think it's going to be 50, 25, and that's it. They're going to say, they're going to say today. I, I mean, that, that's what the market is saying now, and that's not what the market said a couple of days ago. A couple of days ago, the market said 50-50, and then maybe a 25. Well, if, if you – well, I, I've, so, thought, I've thought this for a while. That they were, today, the, the message is going to be we're doing 50 based on uh, the, the CPI and based on some other stuff and some slowing in some of the areas that, you know, the governor's brought mm-hmm. to the table – we're gonna we're gonna be data more data dependent going forward, but we're looking at twenty five percent next time or something. That's what the that's essentially been the, it's gonna be a very dovish body language delivery today. Even if it's they still say oh we're we're kicking ass on inflation, uh, I think it's gonna be a very dovish real message, just like it was last time. I mean, it might well, by this time next year, uh, the the futures markets have us. Um, only 25 basis points higher than where we are right now. Which I don't really have. Which, um, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, 20, or have us uh, 25 50. basis points lower than where we'll be after today if they if they raise 50. Well, I don't, any, um, anywhere in there around the four number, though, Russell, I think yeah. is is somewhat okay going forward. Is what you, what you, what you, it's a normal thing. Yeah, what, 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 what's driving um, the bulls and all the people that just want you to keep buying, buy, buy because they own the stuff, right? And but, but I'll tell you, if you had, if if you know, we've been talking about the Fed's got to raise at some point, they got to raise at some point, inflation's going to be an issue. Um, I think if this time last year, if if you and I had been saying, you know, we'll be talking about a hike that'll get us to uh, to five percent, uh, <laughs> or you know, getting close to five percent. Uh, we'll probably be, where will we, where will we be after today? We'll be at four twenty five to four fifty. So if you and I a year ago were having a discussion, and said yeah, this time next year, 
uh, the Fed's going to going to set us at 425 to 450. Uh, where where would you have predicted the stock market would be? Um, right about here. You think so? That we would have given up 20 percent. Well, the, the, well, we ha- we haven't given up that much. We've and and the and the companies that actually the blue chips that actually make money. Mm-hmm. We, we've given up a tremendous amount and, and stuff that was priced at 1% interest forever. Companies yeah. don't make any dough. Just just like we did in 2000. I mean, it, it, the, the mm-hmm. script is right there. I mean, uh, the, you know, the, 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 the show-me's and all those other kinds of things. And, we, we, and of course, we got buried, you know, some of the, the uh, COVID stuff got buried, the Pelotons and those mm-hmm. kinds of things. But uh, what do you, speaking of which, we don't normally talk about individual stacks, but what do you make it as Tesla? I mean, this thing is. There was well, they. I, I I make a Tesla, and and I, I hate people that, that say things when it sounds like I told you so. But one of the things that I've uh, one of the first industry I ever covered was the auto industry. They, I, I worked in. A, I was an analyst. I worked uh, in a trust department in a bank, and they would start you out with easy, what they referred to as easy industries. I mean, I, I covered three stocks. You know, I, I, and then I was the assistant on a whole lot of other ones, but that, that's how I got started. So I had to learn everything there was about how auto stocks behave and the auto industry behaves. And my big concern for Tesla has always been they haven't been around during a recession. You know, the other auto companies are very aware that if we go into a recession or there's an economic slowdown, that things are not going to go particularly well for them. And they, they probably adjust accordingly. Tesla hasn't lived through that yet. And they're getting ready to have to live through that with a CEO that is, is got two other companies that he's paying attention to at the same time. And he's, so he's, that, that's, I've always been worried about Tesla during a recession because they haven't gone through one quite yet. And or haven't gone through one in, in their life as a public company where they're, you know, more of an established auto company. And I think it's even worse when, you know, your your CEO's primary focus is probably Twitter right now, and number two is probably SpaceX. Well, I've got a little chart here. Uh, I'm no chartist. I mean, what I make of them is a combination of bad management right now. Um, Not necessarily because they would be a bad manager if they were paying 100% of their attention to Tesla, but he's not. You know, it's obvious he's not. Well, this chart is something like you, you very rarely see. The stock was, in January of this year, this is a year chart, the stock, I'm going to say, was right about 400. I'm just eyeballing it. Then it went down to 250, back up to 375, down to, say, 215, back up to uh, 3, 310 and now it's 158. I mean, we're talking about you know, it's lost, but I, you know, I don't. I'm not, again. I'm not. Don't know as much. I'm gonna. I will guess, but I will ask. Uh, when you uh, when you were dealing with the auto companies, it was all demand, costs. You know, blah blah blah. How much are they gonna make? What are the new cars gonna be any good? That that kind of stuff you were dealing with. But a couple of years ago, I started <clears throat> looking at this Tesla a little more, and again, never to the depth that you used to. And I noticed all these checks they're getting from everybody else. I'm going, what, what the bleep is this? Every time <clears throat> Ford or somebody sold a, uh, essentially a gas car 
they had to buy a what an environmental thing from Tesla, and Tesla was getting all these credits for being electric cars. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say up until don't don't hold me to this. Year and a half, two years ago, their entire profit was in checks getting from other people. You know, it was like a half a billion dollars a quarter, some massive number. You know, three hundred million a quarter. I'm sitting there going, you can't run a. Co- this isn't going to last either. Ford and these other guys are going to make their own electric cars, and the checks are just going to drop naturally, or somebody in government's going to say, "What the hell is this? We got to stop this." Or you know, maybe somebody in government owned Tesla stock. I don't know. I wouldn't put it past them. But now all of a sudden. Those checks have to be, and I think they might. Isn't there next year? Are they stopping that or cutting it way back? I, I, you know, I'm, I thought it stopped a while back. Well, maybe, maybe it already has, but all of a sudden, yeah. I mean, how could you not look at this company and say the only thing keeping them afloat is these these checks from other people? They're well, not, you you couldn't look at it that way, and the idea was there those checks from other people are going to get them to where they can be a uh, self sustaining company just making electric cars. Um, and and if if you think Tesla is good for the environment, I don't. But if you think Tesla is good for the environment, then you know you're taking away from the guys that are bad for the environment and giving the guys that are good for the environment to prop them up enough until they can prop themselves up. Well, I'm fine. that's well, that's another yeah. thing. You and I constantly dance around the topic. Um, well, not really. We tell both sides. I don't know if people are making the connection, but I'll try and make it. It's not like. Tesla didn't start delivering cars and, and cars with like some pretty good stuff with them pretty quickly. And I, I, yeah. I, I like the idea that they, even though they missed deliveries a few times, they were pretty much ramping up pretty darn fast for a company. So, yeah. and I, you know, my hat's off to that because I know how hard that is. But you see all this money come from other people, and you say, all right, well, I still like these guys, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Russell's idea that this, this money's here. Because we want electric electric cars not only on the street, but we want them the, the you know initiative and the uh, imagination these guys have we like. And but so you and I might still want to be a part of Tesla because as this money winds down, we think they're going to make it. Okay, fine. I, I could see us thinking that at fifty dollars a share or thirty or seventy, not four hundred. I mean, how I mean these, these that the whole thing coupled with the money flying in from COVID, coupled from the interest rates being 1%, drove the stock to what? Four times where it ever should have been? Ever should have been? Now, you can't argue with the market. God help you if you just shorted it at 100 and had to go to 400. But you know what I'm saying? It's There was a total disconnect because we were pumping money into the system, blowing this stuff up, and it becomes a momentum stock. Well, hell, it's 275, it's at 300, it's at three and a quarter. You want to sell it or buy it? What's the matter with you, chump? You know what I mean? Right? You know? Mm-hmm. I wish you and I could... I, go ahead. Well, I, I mean, it, it was a cult stock, for one. Yep. Uh, you, 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 heaven forbid you ever say anything slightly negative about Tesla on Twitter. You know, or used to. Yep. I, I should try that. I, I should um, throw something negative about uh, Tesla out there and see if I get uh, you know eviscerated like I used to. Uh, there are a couple of reasons I might um, not get eviscerated. One... Everybody hates Elon now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, I mean, that, that's number one right there. And number two is, you know, I I assume, I don't know, you know, I don't know if, 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 if they would protect Tesla or not on Twitter right now. You know, he's probably got bigger fish to fry than worrying about that. 
So, but I do, I do think, um, yeah, and that's got to, yeah, the, the type of people that drive a Tesla um, are not the kind of people that would be on board with Elon giving a, a voice to Donald Trump. Yeah, well, it's going to... So that's got to have something to do with the volatility in the stock as well. One of my clients bought it's a co- Tesla. It's called stock status. It's going away, or it's gone at this point. Yeah, one of my clients bought a Tesla. I think he sort of likes it. But if you were to, if you were to mention uh, to anybody who's a electric car aficionado and really into it, you know, and you, you drop the, the bomb on him from uh, Carl and say, well, do you have any idea how much pollution that battery costs in Russia? Or, you know, and, and how yeah. many, you know, I mean, people... You know, I, you don't know that. I mean, people, most people just go and use batteries, and I guess you don't realize that how many, you know, what you're destroying to make them, type of thing. Uh, I mean, it's just not something you. Know, it's not a question you would normally ask, even though you probably should, I suppose, because you're you're lecturing people about what they're doing. So you at least ought to listen to what you know, maybe what, what you're doing. But I mean, they came out with this uh, the first eighteen, well, the tractor trailer unit truck, over the road truck. I mean, I, I, I read somewhere that the battery in that thing is 8,500 pounds. Oh, I'm sure. Now, what, what do you do with that when it's done? Can you recycle these things or not? I mean, I, I don't know. No. <laughs> that's, that's part of the problem. I thought they could... You can't fully recycle. I know you can't fully recycle them. And but you can... The, the car, and after, you know, well, you don't know, but I, I drive an 11-year-old car right now. Um. I don't know if I'd be able to to, to drive an eleven year old battery operated car back and forth from Indiana, you know, if the range would start to fall off so much that it became a problem. Um, but I, that's gonna happen. I think I mean, you you end up in anything else that's battery operated. I bet you'll be on your third battery at ten grand a pound. Yeah, and that's probably the most expensive part of the car. Well, I think they're like aren't they ten G? I don't I mean I don't okay. somebody maybe will tweet in and let us know, but what do you think happens to uh where does Twitter land? Is it going to still be around? Oh, yeah, they'll still be around. The, the, the technology is too unique, and copycatting it, copycatting, copying it is, uh, would, be, would be too difficult as well. Although, I did read an article that the Twitter source code is out there on a public website. <laughs> Because the because the engineers were using it to share code, et cetera, when they would work on things, and in fact, the company doesn't have access to that public to that website that's outside of their control. They say public; it's not that you and I can go in and get it, but there are a few hundred engineers that have access to it, and I don't think any of them are at Twitter anymore. <laughs> so maybe you know, maybe an alternative will come out. Um, I think the problem is it, an alternative for Twitter. It's either going to it's going to be very political. You're either going to have like a conservative Twitter or liberal Twitter or whatever, and you won't have the you know you won't, you won't have both sides in the same place anymore. Well, I mean, I, I, I mean, both sides are set. You can mute people, black people. I've a you know, the, the guy I was out hanging out with last night was uh, no, I don't use Twitter for financial stuff because it's always about the next Supreme Court decision. Or I showed him how to mute. I, I like the word Griner. I've got that muted. I have abortion muted. Uh, not because I don't care about the topics, but I use Twitter to focus on the market stuff. So mm. you can do that yourself. You can make it all conservative Twitter or all liberal Twitter if you want to. Uh, but I think anybody that tries to come out with a, a competitor, it's going to be a niche competitor and not a broad, you know, 
it's where we go get our news from. Well, it's like either, you know, now. it's like you're either going to be a, uh, you know, an open, I mean, newspapers are different. You can have a bunch of different newspapers, but, yeah, and you should, but if you want, it seems like the, it's like having eight different phone companies, although you can, as long as you make them all connect with each other. I don't see how right. you do that with the different but, Twitter but, stuff. I mean, Twitter, in my mind, Twitter is like the, the radio, the physical radio that people first started getting in their homes. And you could choose what you wanted to listen to on it. Um, but and, and that physical radio box shouldn't make any decisions about what you decide you want to listen to. Well, the odd part is I've never... We, we obviously use Twitter for the show, but I've never... I don't have a Twitter account, and I've never tweeted because... I mean, the, the FINRA is... I know, you should, you should see the things that, things I say about you after each show on Twitter. Well, that's okay, but I mean... The, okay. But I mean, the, it's not okay like... because you don't see it. Well, it's that's not it's not like I, I'm dying yeah. to do it, but mm-hmm. I, I, FINRA would be all over me if I did it. They don't let registered people. It's really hard to be in... Uh, what's the one where people list all the jobs and stuff? Uh, uh, Monster? No, it's a, I get the things all the time. I got a bazillion friends. Oh, LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn. I mean, yeah. you have to have a way to track everything I do on LinkedIn or Twitter. I don't want to give that job to my compliance people. No, I mean, what, I, mean, no, what, I understand that. I mean, but I mean, how, how does a how does an industry ban people from talking to other people? Well, I mean, every time you talk to somebody, you know, you're that that that's a that's a client. Well, okay, fine. I don't know if I'm an auto repair guy, where I talk to somebody who's got a potential problem with his car, right? What's the difference? Money. Yeah, it's a. You're dealing with people's money. Well, I mean, it's. There's there's no there's no reason for it. I mean it's and every because every time there's somebody comes and takes their dough, they're they're more worried about me <laughs> instead of they yeah. uh, Blankman Freed and Bernie Madoff, but they're after me. You know it's like, come on guys. I mean, pay attention to the other people. Yeah, pay attention to the, the you know the bad people. But it's a uh, you know it's like a guy who only wants to give speeding tickets in front of parks. People going six out. Well, you know what the camera does six miles an hour over the limit where somebody blows by hundred miles an hour around. We don't want to go after that guy. It's too dangerous. You know, it's, I mean, yeah. it's, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's the absurd situation that we're in. So, tell us, you got a minute? What, what's going on in school? Are you, are you guys done, or you got finals this week, or what? Um, the, I don't teach undergrad. They've got finals this week, uh, and, but um, yeah, I'm just teaching, teaching. Nothing. I, I'm, I'm only teaching things on the quarterly system. So, so when do you, when do you? I teach tomorrow night, and then I got a little bit of a Christmas break, but I am going to, I know it's been over a year, but I'm going to graduation on Friday night for myself. Where wow. you're going all the way down there? I'm going down to Oklahoma to get my, uh, to get hooded, is what they call it when you get your PhD. Good for you. Well, yeah, mean, it's only, I, I, I finished my dissertation um, a year and four days ago. Well, but, but then I, are you going to be one of the guys now every time there's a graduation in Indiana, you show up in your costume and walk around? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, uh, the university buys the costume for you. I've got I got my my cool you know uh, octagonal hat or whatever with the orange tassel on it. Hell yeah! Well, who's, who's buying it for Oklahoma? No, Indiana. So that I so I wear it to graduation. But I mean, what are you going to wear in Oklahoma? You got to get that yourself. Oh, they bought me. They, I I now have my own. I have my own graduation outfit. Good lord! But I, you know, you normally you rent them and you get you know you throw it in a big pile. Hmm. Yeah. Which, by the way, when I went to, I don't know if I ever told you this, when I went to one of Loyola's graduations and I did rent a, 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 a deal, um, the uh, the person that hit it, he goes, are you on stocks and jocks? <laughs> I love you guys. There you go. 
The guy that was handing the things out when he saw my Well, maybe, so. maybe now that you're going to be in town for a little while, maybe you come see us yeah. and come in some morning. I, I, I drop in there. I was actually at lunch downtown. That's right. All right. Well, yeah. you know, you come see us. Anyway, take care of yourself, right. bud. We'll see. talk to you next week. SP Futures down 2. As if he's down 13, waiting for the big Fed. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. You have to be closing all the time.